This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. In the final three days of this week, Pastor Ray will summarize and bring to a close this amazing 11-day series entitled, The Importance of Setting Your Spiritual Priorities. In addition to his re-emphasizing the blessings of prioritizing all the spiritual issues he so skillfully identified in his eight previous days of study, Pastor takes great pains to remind his listeners that likewise, failing to do so can seriously hinder getting prayer answered and may even grieve the Holy Spirit. In these anointed final three teachings, Pastor personally discusses the four spiritual priorities highest on his list, a powerful prayer life, perfecting the love walk, living a life of absolute integrity, and walking daily in true forgiveness. If you missed any session of this life-changing 11-day series or want to purchase the entire series, contact More Than Conquerors at www.pastorrayny.com. Now, here's Pastor Ray with some powerfully concluding remarks on the importance of setting your spiritual priorities. As a believer, we've got to be sure that our priorities are always in the right uh, you know, perspective and in, in, in right condition and in place. And this is not, you know, I think you, you figured this out, right? This is not like, you know, people want to know what's my priorities, church first, God first, family first, kids first, work. I'm not talking about those kind of things. I'm talking about our Christian responsibilities. And really, maybe that would even be a better word, but I look at them as priorities. And, and just the definition of priority means that which, which takes or has special or first importance in our life. And um, I, think, I think that if you're serious as a believer, if you're a serious Christian, then you want to be sure that these things that I'm discussing with you and highlighting and pointing out are things that you are mindful of and that you are looking at and you are keeping at the forefront of your your, your thinking every single day of your life. Because without these priorities in place, without you going over these things, I think you're going to have a tougher time um, in life. And it's a lot easier to get, you know, out of, uh, you know, just out of, you know, uh, out of joint, I guess is the best, best way to say it. It's sort of like a chiropractor, you know. I mean, I, I've gone to, anybody here ever gone to a chiropractor, you know, when your back goes out or whatever it is, you've got to go to the chiropractor and he, he straightens out your back and gets it back into condition and gets it back into position. Well, we need to do that. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to do that in our lives. So we've got to be very mindful of, um, of our priorities in our life, the priorities for every believer. So let's just, for the sake of review... And we will go over these quickly. But uh, we said the very first priority was uh, fellowshipping with God. That is the priority of all priorities. We've got to uh, keep that in, in the proper perspective and in the proper priority in our list of priorities. That fellowshipping with God is number one. And there are many wonderful things that come out of those times that you spend with God. All right? How many of you uh, spend, try to spend time with the Lord every day, you know, just some concentrated time, just you and the Lord talking and sharing. 
How many of you would also agree with me that that is some of the sweetest, most powerful time that you spend in a day? And would you agree with me that when you spend that time fellowshipping with God where you just shut out the world and you go into your prayer closet and you're just quietly talking to the Lord and letting him talk to you, or sometimes you're just worshiping, that in that, in that presence, that it just, it, just, it just blesses your life and your life. I mean, you come out refreshed and you come out refilled and you come out reinvigorated. So... Um, this is important, fellowshipping with God, all right? So the second thing we talked about was learning and doing the word of God. Um, uh, we understand that the only way that faith can really be built in our lives is not by praying for it. We, we've already investigated that. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we need the word of God active and living in our lives, all right? Um, then we talked about prayer, the importance of prayer in our lives, um, We've got to have a prayer life because your prayer is your connection to God. Your prayer is, you know, there are different types of prayer. Some of our prayers, you know, see, sometimes when people think about prayer, all we think about are uh, asking God for things, you know, requests. And that's not the only kind of prayer. Sometimes it's just a prayer of thanksgiving. It's a prayer of praise. It's a prayer of worship. Sometimes prayer is just quiet, quietly listening to the Lord. So we talked about all these different things and these are important for you to have operating in your life, the prayer, all right? Then we talked about perfecting the love walk. Talked about the importance of uh, believers perfecting their love walk because without the love walk, it's gonna be tough because Jesus not only commanded, well, he said this, he said, um, John's gospel chapter 13 and 34, he says, a new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. So it's not a suggestion. Jesus has commanded us to love one another. And it's probably one of the biggest challenges that I believe Christians have in the body of Christ is learning how to love one another. Because there are a lot of unlovely people. Or there are a lot of people that you love for a while or love you for a while and then stuff comes up and you find out things about somebody or they do something or, you know, whatever be, be. And then you're all of a sudden, you're really challenged in this area of your love walk. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? But nonetheless, we are called to love one another. And the true sense of the word love means, you know, my definition that I give is that, that others benefit at my expense. So it, it's going to cost me something. It's going to cost me something if I'm truly experiencing or I'm truly practicing the kind of love that Jesus taught us. This, uh, this kiss on the cheek, I love you, brother, that's a bunch of nonsense. Don't tell me you love me unless you understand what the responsibility behind the love walk is as a believer. The world can do that kind of kissy-huggy, fake baloney, tell you I love you to your face and talk about you behind your back and, and use you and talk badly about you to other people. But believers can't live in that realm. You see, your responsibility is to walk, walk the, the love walk. And walking the love walk means that we love people. Even if sometimes it hurts us, we still love them. Even if sometimes it challenges our patience, we still love them, Right? Love means that I'm looking out for the best interest of my brother. A lot of people sometimes, you know, do things, say things, act in a way. And, and you know, the very first thing you, you want to do is like, you, you know, you want to you knock them out or you want to get angry with them. You, you, come on, I'm being honest with you. I'm just telling you, you know, you want to get angry with them. But really, that's, that's, not, that's not the true sense of the love walk. Love, you know, we don't have time to get into all this tonight. But uh, 1 Corinthians teaches us what the love walk is. Love is patient. It's kind. It's forbearing. It doesn't keep a record of wrongs. You know the verse. You heard it at every wedding for the last hundred years. You know, they don't even know what they're saying, but, but, but they just, because it's love, it's a scripture on love. 
But, but it's amazing how many people know that verse or know those verses, they're familiar, but they can't live them because no one has taught them the responsibility that there is behind the love walk. So a priority in our lives is that we must constantly be perfecting that love walk. And I'm gonna tell you what happens is we get off course and we get out of you know things, situations get us out of joint, but we gotta get ourselves back into that love walk. We gotta love, gotta love one another, amen? got to love one another. Did you hear what I said? You got to love one another. All right. So, so Jesus commanded it. We were instructed by Paul and um, we see the wonderful effects that the love walk, we won't get into that. Then we talked about, I didn't really get into this. I only kind of threw it at you last week because the, the, the service went in a different way, but we talked about another responsibility of believers is forgiveness, practicing forgiveness practicing forgiveness. Now, I'll just give you these two verses because I really wanted to get into the next one and I want everyone to listen because I want to talk about one aspect of responsibilities that I think is so important to every believer. So I need everyone to just sit still and to listen. I'm just going to give you some verses tonight and I'm going to challenge you in an area that I believe many of us are challenged. All right. So let's just talk about forgiveness for a minute. Remember in Mark's Gospel, chapter 11, very familiar, very favorite verse in mine, Jesus says, have faith in God. Whoever says to the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says, he will have whatsoever he says. And when you stand praying, believe uh, for these things, and you'll have whatsoever you believe. And then in verse 25, that's the great faith uh, teaching, but in verse 25, he says, and when you stand praying... And when you stand praying, in other words, when you stand praying against that mountain or for those things that you, the desires of your heart, when you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, uh uh-oh, now don't turn me off and look in your pocketbook and flip the pages of your Bible when I'm getting to the good stuff. He says, he says, if you have anything, anything against anyone, Forgive him, forgive him that your father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. So somehow there's this connection between prayer and forgiveness. That's really important. And my understanding and the the study that I've done on this is that unforgiveness can hinder and really stop the answers to your prayers. Harboring and keeping unforgiveness in your heart can bind up you know, the results that you're praying for, not because God doesn't want to give them to you, because this unforgiveness, which is sin in our lives, puts a blockade there, a blockage. And it it just hinders those answers from coming and manifesting in our life. So when I look at it from that perspective, it seems to me that a major priority in my life is that I've got to keep walking in forgiveness towards everyone all the time. That's why I say, see, I just have a blanket clause. I say, Lord, I forgive every, I, first of all, I pray for the, for, the, for the forgiveness of those that I am aware of that may have offended me or done something. But then to make sure that I haven't missed anybody, to make sure that I haven't missed the one, to make sure that I've got all the bases covered, what I do is I say, Father, I forgive everyone of everything right now, all the ones that I've remembered and all the ones that maybe I don't remember, I forgive them as well. Can somebody give me an Amen. We must learn 
to walk in forgiveness because it is. Now, let me give you this verse because this is pretty powerful and I don't have time to get through the whole thing. But Jesus is addressing the disciples and he's talking to them and he says, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. You see, I'll tell you what, the anointing in your life is hindered when there's unforgiveness in your life. That's why you can, you can find and you can see people uh, often who, who you know, have a strong anointing in their life, but bitterness, a root of bitterness and unforgiveness can get rooted in their heart and you know, all of a sudden you begin to see that anointing really begin to drain out of their life. It's just not working. Or because even sometimes they're anointed to do things, but because there's a root of bitterness or unforgiveness in their heart, they can't do what they're anointed to do as effortlessly as they once did because that anointing is being sapped by that unforgiveness in their heart. Is everybody with me? This is why it is so important if you care about the anointing of God in your life, if you care about your gift being effective, if you care about your gift being acceptable to God with full acceptance, then we must walk in forgiveness. This is a priority in the life of every believer. You can't just blow it off and say, well, you don't know what they did to me. You know, they're acting like a jerk. They did this, they did that. Is anybody, is anybody here what I'm talking about here tonight? We must, it's a priority in our life because if we don't, it's going to affect our walk and it's going to affect our anointing and it's going to affect our gift that we bring uh, to the altar. So that's why Jesus said, if you bring your gift to the altar and there you remember that you have something against someone or someone even has something, something against you, you go back and be reconciled. Put, leave your gift there. Go back and be reconciled. Then you come back and then your gift's going to work a whole lot better. Your gift's going to have a whole lot more power. Your anointing's going to be even stronger in your life because you have reconciled. See, God doesn't like things. God doesn't like breaches and breaks in relationships. Now, sometimes there are relationships you can't fix. Anybody ever have one of those situations that you just, you can't fix those relationships. But listen, if you can't fix that relationship with that person, you can fix it on your side. You may not be able to fix it on that side, but you can fix it on this side. So it's fixing your own attitude and your own heart's condition and your own conversation and the way that you're thinking about it. You can fix that. You may not, that person may not want to see you, think you're a dirty dog, never wants to talk to you again. But you see, you can still be praying for that person with a pure heart saying, God, I'm sorry for what I did. Maybe you don't even know what you did. Maybe you did do something. But you can still you can still practice that forgiveness from your perspective, even if that person doesn't want to receive it. And I've had situations like that where I've had some people get mad at me, man. They never want to talk to me again. I'm like, okay, there ain't nothing I can do. Even if I saw them and I tried to, talk, they they wouldn't want to talk to me. They, I, so what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Am I bound by that unforgiveness? No. I say, Lord, from my perspective, I forgive them. For, you deal with them. I, I'll talk to them. I'll love them. I'll embrace them. But you're going to have to fix them because I've tried and I can't. So I love them from this side. I can fix my own heart, my own condition. That's all I'm responsible for. I'm not responsible for the other person. My, my, my responsibility, the priority in my life is to make sure that I'm walking in forgiveness with everyone, even if they're not walking in it with me. They, and they can still talk against me and talk about me. And you see, our, our, our instant reaction to that is that we want to fix it. We want to stop it. And sometimes there are things you can't stop. 
I, there have been many things that have happened to me over the course of my life that I could not stop, I could not fix. So what I did is I just assumed the position of forgiveness towards those people. They're, they're still talking about me, they're still you know, tearing me up or whatever it be, but I've just chosen to not even think about it and to just keep forgiving them. I forgive them. I get a report back. Somebody said this, I forgive them. Somebody else said, I forgive them. Another friend says, well, they're saying this, I forgive them. I forgive them. That doesn't mean it doesn't make you mad. And doesn't mean it doesn't raz you on the inside, all right? I'm not Mother Teresa. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I'm a human being. I'm, I'm a man, and, and you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes it, it, it riles you up on the inside. But you see, you have the power and the authority and the anointing to take charge of that and to put it in the right perspective and to get it, get it under control and not let it fester and become a root of bitterness in your heart. So, so every time I forgive them, I just forgive them. That's it. I'm stinking mad, but I forgive them. I want to spit right now, but I forgive them. You see, and so you have to, you see, and you see, forgiveness is, is a work of faith. See, we, we only think of faith like believing God for things that we need, want, and desire. But faith, we ought to use our faith for forgiveness. I forgive them by faith. I may not feel it. I, may, I still may be dealing with some emotion over it. But every day I say, by faith, I forgive them. Use my faith Eventually, it's going to become a reality in your life. The feeling will follow the faith. We're waiting for the faith to follow the feeling. We want to feel like it, and then we can say we're in faith on it. But sometimes the feeling is not there. So you can only take it by faith. Does that make sense to everybody? The priority is we've got to walk in forgiveness. All right. So tonight, I want you to open, just for the few minutes that we have, this is important stuff here. I want you to open to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And one of the priorities in our life is that we must live responsibly. And what I mean by responsibly is living, living in integrity and honesty and uprightness every day of our life. And sometimes, you know, we as believers let little things in our lives that do not measure up to the standard that God has set for us. And it's, it's those little foxes. Listen, I want everyone to listen. Don't anybody move. Don't anybody move. Lock the doors. It's those little foxes in our lives that end up destroying the precious vines and the precious growth and the precious fruit that God has brought forth in our lives. We are called to live and be people of honesty and integrity in all that we do in business, in our families, in society, in our neighborhoods, in school, wherever we are in our jobs, we, we ought to be operating and functioning and flowing in the highest level of integrity. No street wisdom. The stuff you learned in the streets is trash because it doesn't measure up to the word of God. And sometimes we, we think, you know, like you've heard people say, well, a little white lie. There ain't nothing white and clean about a lie. A lie is a lie is a lie is a lie. Every lie is dirty and unclean. Is everybody with me? And, you know, say, so, well, it's never going to hurt anybody. Yes, it is going to hurt. It's going to hurt you. It's going it's to kill the anointing, the power source in your life. It's going to set up blockades in your life. It's going it's to prevent the anointing of God from flowing. And you're not going to be as effective as God has created you to be in this life. Because you've allowed 
some things of the devil in your life. Wow, oh boy. Getting quiet in here. Let's, let's, let's read this through and then we'll make some comments. Ephesians chapter 4, and let's start at, uh, where do I want to start? Uh, let's start at verse 17. Okay, let's start at verse 17. And this is Paul writing, he says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind or the worldly thinking. And he says here, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you, you, you believers have not so learned Christ. You, this is not what you have learned from being in Christ or from Christ being in you. This is not what you learned being a believer in the body of Christ. To walk in lewdness and in uncleanness and greediness. So he says here, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Now listen, that you put off concerning your former conduct. And what he means by that is the conduct that we operated in before we came to know Jesus. And I found in my own life that as I was growing up in the Lord, that there were habits, there were things that were acceptable in my former life that when I became a believer were not acceptable. You know, like, let's just talk about, let's just talk about lying because this is something that I think, I think that people do and don't even realize, or maybe they do realize it, but they really have this idea that a little fabrication is okay. Do you realize that the fabrication of truth is nothing other than a lie dressed up in a tuxedo? Well, it's true. You know, you try to make, but it's, it's a lie is a lie is a lie. But, you know, we would do them. Well, of course, I worked in the world and, and, and business. I worked in a furniture store and we had to, often we had to lie because furniture, I, uh, you know, furniture was promised on a certain date and it, and it didn't show up. So we would just kind of pacify the customer by telling them a story. Well, you know, the, the furniture is on its way. We didn't have any idea it's on its way. Don't worry about it. We're working on it. We weren't working on it. As a matter of fact, sometimes we forgot totally about it. Oh, yes, Mrs. So-and-so. Yes, you were on my mind today. Oh, no. You, no, she wasn't. You came on my mind the minute you said, this is Mrs. So-and-so. But it was all a lie to pacify people to try to keep their anger at bay. And, and you see, when you come, into, you, you come into the things of God, in fact, one of the reasons why I got out of business because I couldn't lie anymore, and that business had to keep lying. They, Every time I told the truth, I got into trouble, and I got sick of getting in trouble, so I quit the job and went and did something else. But, but coming, into, coming into the body of, you know, coming in as a believer now, uh, into the body of Christ, you know, in those beginning days, uh, I, you know, I would find myself trying to cover myself or trying to lessen the severity of something by enshrouding it with not total truth. And boy, every time I did that, my heart was just so convicted because I realized that I was mixing a little truth with a little lie, trying to make the truth sound better or the lie sound less. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. 
If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you simply want to sow a gift into the work of the MTC Radio Ministry, go to livingwordchurch.org and click on the Give Online Radio Ministry tab. Or send your check to MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Pastor Ray invites you to visit Living Word Church in person or via their weekly live stream broadcast Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. But before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. This is Pastor Ray Hegistilianos. It's always a privilege to share the life-saving, life-changing Word of God with you, our listeners. And today, as always, I trust that these messages are impacting your life in a very positive way. Remember that as life's challenges come, we are more than conquerors. This has been More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray Hegistilianos and is provided by Living Word Christian Church, White Plains, New York.